Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. May the Holy Spirit work in our hearts so that we believe in the God who is always at work in our lives and trust with confidence that Jesus is the one way, the one truth, and the one life. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in our gospel reading from John chapter 14, Jesus addresses his disciples, and he's spoken of a frightening future, his betrayal, Peter's denial, and some troubled times. And now, after all that, his disciples understandably have some questions. Peter wants to know where Jesus is going. And when Jesus replies in a way that's less than specific, Thomas argues that if they don't know where Jesus is going, they'll never know the way. For these disciples, there is comfort in the details, knowing exactly what is going to happen. And faced with a problematic future, they wanted more than promises. They want exact, specific times and places. They'd like a clear set of directions so they'll know how to navigate whatever might come. But Jesus, however, simply offers them a promise and his presence. His promise is that he's working on their behalf. Without giving explicit details, he says that he is preparing a place for them and promises to come back and take them to himself. And when pressed further, Jesus moves from this promise to his presence. He says to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus sees his disciples facing a future of uncertainty and responds not with details about dates and times and procedures to follow, but with his promise and presence. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, sometimes we wonder about the disciples here. We wonder how could they spend three years with Jesus being trained by him and still not know the way? Well, we live in a world of sin. Sin that turns our world upside down and makes it very difficult to know which way to go. Sin disorients us to the point that we think that right is wrong and wrong is right. You never know what answer you're going to get. I love the story of a second grade teacher who gave her students a lesson on magnets and what they do. They did all kinds of experiments testing their power and all the items that the magnet could attract. And the next day, they had a written test. And one of the questions said this, My full name has six letters. The first one is M. I pick up all sorts of things. What am I? The teacher was surprised when she looked over the test that most of her students answered the question with the word mother rather than magnet. Certainly on this Mother's Day, we thank God for the gift of mothers. They are instruments of God as they serve to bless their families with the day-to-day service and extraordinary love that they share with their spouse, their children, and grandchildren in the world. Their unique gifts, talents, and sacrifices all point us to God who is active in our lives. And so thank God for your mother. Thank your mother and also rejoice that God has chosen to work through godly mothers to make his love and grace known in a very personal way. When our hearts are troubled, mothers are a blessing to calm our fears, to take us to the Lord in prayer and rejoice in God's hand at work in our lives. 
because this life is difficult. But we rejoice that we have a God who provides for us in so many different ways. In fact, God is most certainly at work right in the midst of our lives. Oftentimes, though, we forget this fact. We don't always think about God at work in our lives. That is, we have this knowledge of him working on Sunday through word and and sacrament, but then we forget about him during the course of a busy week. We look at the food on our table and we remember buying it at the store. We don't see God at work through the farmers and grocers to feed us. We look at the burden of having to stay home in these difficult times, but forget all the tremendous blessings that God gives us in family. We could list all kinds of other examples, but the fact is, God is at work in the world, in every detail of our lives, from the day-to-day to the miraculous. And God is doing some marvelous, healing, gracious miracles, even in the midst of this pandemic. And so in the very midst of life, and especially these times that we're living in now, we may not know where we're always going. But as long as we're with Jesus, we know we're on the way. With his promises to comfort us and his presence to guide us, we can face an uncertain future. As Jesus says in John 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Today, our Lord invites us to live in trust. Viral pandemics create uncertainty. We're not sure where we are in the timeline of things as this virus unfolds. We're not sure how we're going to recover from the different kinds of suffering that this situation has brought upon us. The way forward is going to be hard. We certainly would love some assurance of where we're going and how we'll get there and precisely and exactly what's going to happen along the way. But today... Jesus answers our prayers not with specific details. Instead, he calls us to a life of trust. He is the way and the truth and the life. Whatever happens, he's there with you. I'm reminded of this cute little children's song that Melissa taught our Vacation Bible School children last year. And it said in the refrain, Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. We need Jesus every single day of our lives. Jesus is our reference point. He came to show us up from down, right from wrong. And he came to show us that sometimes our best intentions and instincts are dead wrong. Our instincts are based on our sinful nature. And our sinful nature can only produce death. And so Jesus tells us in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. God provided the one and only answer to sin in the living word, Jesus Christ. Through him and him alone, your sin is forgiven. Your life is in Christ and there is a room prepared for you in heaven. Jesus is the way that changes the direction of our life. Jesus is the truth that gives the firm foundation to place our trust and hope in. And Jesus is the life that allows us to walk in confidence that we are a people belonging to God, now and for eternity. This Easter season, we continue to rejoice in the words of 1 Corinthians 15:57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. In his death and resurrection, Jesus has shown you the depth of his love. In his ascension into heaven, he has shown you the extent of his rule. While you may not know what's going to happen, you do know where you are. You're in the hands of a God who loves you. Out of love, Jesus came for you, died for you, rose for you, rules for you, and promises ultimately to return for you. His way is long enough that it leads through all the suffering. And as we heard last week, he's our shepherd through all of it. His truth is clear enough that it reveals whom to trust. His life is strong enough that it brings us to a new creation. With Jesus as our way, our truth, and our life, we have enough. So brothers and sisters in Christ, during this time of the pandemic, we've been quarantined in our homes. We've had to practice social distancing and other measures. And it's been taxing on our hearts and minds. But do not let your hearts be troubled. But in your hearts, set aside Jesus as the one way. And may God's peace and loving action in your life give you joy and confidence in him alone. Amen.